Hello and welcome to the Three Pints Betting Podcast with myself, James, from the betting desk, Tom Love from We Love Betting Gold, and Jerry Taylor from Jerry Taylor's Tips. Hello, chaps. How are we? Yeah, all good, thanks. Yeah, not so bad. Thank you, mate. Enjoy the Champions League? Hmm. Well, from a watching perspective, yeah, from a betting perspective, not being the best, I've got to admit. Um, But yeah, some some great games, hasn't there? I think uh, um, the Red Bull versus Paris game looked quite lively, and Ajax again looked like they're going to get another win. Yeah, there's been some good, there's been some good games and some uh, some odd results, but hey ho, that's what football's about. That's why we love it so much. Uh, or oh, anyway, on to our podcasts. Uh, we're gonna, you know, it's there's no EFL games this week, or it's the championship, but League One, League Two are out for FA Cup. Um, so we're gonna try and focus our attentions on Europe, uh, Scotland, and a bit of Premier League. Tom, do you want to kick us off in usual fashion? Yes, yeah, so all of my. Um, four main players are, are on the continent so we've got two in France and two in Spain uh, I'll start with the ones in France these are both two o'clock on Sunday I believe um, Brest take on Lorient uh, in in a Breton derby I guess it could be um, and Brest got a really good win last time out against Monaco 2-0 um, the first clean sheet that they've kept this season. But it, it kind of continued their run of scoring in every single game, which is a phenomenal achievement for a, a side that's not particularly well-backed financially. Um, they're quite a small club for a, a, a top-flight club, and they've got a manager there in, in De Zacharyan who's so attack-minded and... It, it just makes for great games whenever Brest are involved and they're heading to a, a Lorient side um, just down the road from them who have been really disappointing this season. Uh, they sold one of, probably the best player, one of the best players, Jörn Wisser, to Brentford. Um, and although they've kept Ted and Moffy, who is a Nigerian striker who was exceptional last season. He's not really caught fire this season. Um, he seems to be missing that kind of link uh, that Wissa did provide. And they've looked really shoddy defensively for me, Lorient, especially in the air. And I think when you've got the likes of Steve Munier up front for Brest, he could really try to take advantage of that. Uh, Lorient coming on the back of a 4 0 loss at Stodasburg last time out. Um, they're just really low on confidence and um, I think they're going to be probably uh, really into a relegation battle this season. They're sitting 18th for expected goals ratio, uh, just a smidgen above Bordeaux and Mets. Um, admittedly, Brest are quite far down there in terms of XG ratio too, but it's a fair bit better for them. Um, and I just think that Brest probably the value here so what I've done is take Brest double chance so Brest to win or draw and over 1.5 goals in the game so over 1.5 goals has landed in every single Brest game this season so I'd be surprised if it's a 0-0 or a 1-0 to Brest Um, 
and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they conceded, but I just think that they've got enough to get a result there. So, yeah, they, they've got some really interesting attacking players and uh, Roman Favre, who is always linked with bigger clubs, uh, he won't be there much longer. Frank Honorat got on the score sheet last weekend and I think that them, along with Mounier, who's just a massive threat in the air, he also scored against Monaco. Uh, and Ivan Cardona, who's a player that's just uh, great to watch, loves to get shots off. Um, they've got plenty of firepower, so I think that they might even outscore Lorient. If you want a bit of a bigger price, maybe have a look at Brest to win and both teams to score. But this way we get the drawn side. Um, we basically need Brest to win our draw and... Um, over one and a half goals here. And that's even money with uh, Bet365 on that bet builder. So that's my first bet in France. Uh, my second one, a uh, bit bit more straightforward this one. I think I was surprised at this price. 19 to 20 with Bet365 for both teams to score in uh, Nantes versus Strasbourg. Uh, I think this is a game where both, team, both teams will think that they can win it. Strasbourg are coming into some decent form now after quite a quiet start under Julian Stefan, who they got from, well, he was the ex-Ren manager, um, did really well there. I think he's going to be a terrific appointment there. As I mentioned, they, they just hammered Lorient 4-0, so they're going to be full of confidence. Habib Diallo back in the goals, uh, big Ludovic Ojok as well, always ca- causes so many problems in the air, uh, and Thomasen just behind them. All really linking up superbly well last week. I think that they can score against a non-side who were brilliant for both teams to score back as last season. Um, it's kind of continued a bit into this season too. Um, I think their their game um, last time out ended in BTTS as well. Uh, they've got uh, Rando Colomuani, who's a player who has been in the under-21s for, for France, which is no mean feat, especially for a non-side. Um, the likes of Ludovic Blas as well and Moses Simon. Players who can really get at defenders and um, they've always they've been, they've scored plenty of goals uh, on, under their manager since he came in kind of towards the start of last season. So, yeah, both teams have scored 19 to 20, really stood out there because it's around four to five in most places. Uh, so, bet 365 there, 19 to 20 on BTTS. And uh, the other game, Brest versus Lorient, I'm going to take Brest double chance and over 1.5 match goals, which is at even money. Thanks, mate. Two excellent bets there. Uh, Jerry, what have you got from Scotland for us? Yeah, cheers, James. Um, my first selection for Scotland is the team I support myself, Kilmarnock. Um, don't often include them, but I just think the price is a little bit um, off. Um, Sky better offering a shade of um, odds against 23-20 on Kilmarnock, beating Partick Thistle this weekend. Um, as I say, don't usually always include Kilmarnock, but I just feel as if they should probably be Slightly odds on, to be honest with you. Um, they're top of the league now. They've shortened up um, one to two with some bookmakers now to, to actually win the Scottish Championship. They're fresh for winning four 0 at Rugby Park at home last week against a poor Queen of the South team. Partick Thistle were good for goals early in the season, but incredibly they've went three games now, three 0 nil draws in succession. So 
bit of a shot that they're going through a tough time. I know Ian McCall's men, so just a price play, really. Kelly, a wee bit of a generous uh, offer for Skybet, 23-20. They've got Ollie Shaw. He's scored six goals in eight games now. They've got Callum Henry. He's scored three goals in five appearances. They're in good nick, Kilmarnock. Um, the big crowd will be backing them there. Partick bring a few away fans as well, so it should be a lively encounter. Should be a good one, but I just think at the prices, Kilmarnock on this occasion are, are probably worth a wee bit of um, support. They're, they've had plenty of clean sheets this season as well, so they're pretty solid at the back there, so it wouldn't surprise me. A 1-0 or a 2-0 to Kelly wouldn't surprise me here. My second selection, guys, is um, trying to tread the same path as I did last week with a corners bet from the lower divisions. This time, instead of Montrose and Peterhead that came up trumps for us last week in the pod, I'm going to Stirling Albion against Stenhouse Muir in League 2. Um, again, we bet 3-6-5. I'm going for over 10 corners. I have it in my tissues. Should be about even money for over 10 corners with these two, but bet 3-6-5 I'd given us a chance at 11-8 here. So, um, quite willing to take a chance with that. When you look at the numbers of the two of them, um, Sterling Albion's games are averaging nine corners and Stenhouse Muir's games are averaging 10.1 corners. Sterling Albion um, averaging five corners themselves per game and Stenhouse Muir, for a team that's third bottom, I've mentioned them before on the, one of the early pods, they're averaging incredibly 5.9 corners for a team that's third bottom of the league. So I'm just thinking that the way these both these teams are quite hefty with the corner totals, we can edge this above 10 corners to avail ourselves of the generous element that Bet365 are offering us on that one. So the two, Kelty are obviously a standout team in the, the bottom division of Scotland in League Two, but these teams are, for corners-wise, these two teams are in the top three along with Kelty, either side of Kelty, actually first and third in the corners. So um, I'm quite happy to support that one as my second selection and final selection for the Scottish card. Thanks, mate. Um, I'll just quickly dive into my Premier League bets. Uh, Sunday, uh, lunchtime, going to take Leeds and Leicester uh, over two and a half goals and both teams score 1.91. That's available at most bookies. Um, I think everyone's pretty much aware of, of, of where Leeds' strengths and weaknesses lie. Um, you only have to have a little look at their shot data to see that. Um Fifth for shots taken, third for shots in the box, ninth for shots on target. Defensively, 17th for shots in the box conceded, 19th for shots on target conceded, and 18th for shots. Um, they actually haven't been too bad at home. Uh, they've scored in four of their five home games. The only game they didn't uh, lost 3 0 to Liverpool, which I don't think is any disgrace. Um, they've scored in all the other games, so the all other eight games, the only game they didn't score was Saints away, where they were particularly poor that game. Um, but they've only kept one clean sheet, and that was Watford um, just before Ranieri uh, took over. Um, so I, I quite like Leeds. Um, I think we mentioned the podcast before. If they had their fully fit uh, squad most weeks, they'd be a, at least a mid-table side. Um, but Rafinha, I thought, was looked, looked better against Norwich. He looks to be fully fit after a few knocks. Uh, Harrison hasn't really started the season. Rodrigo up front instead of Bamford. Uh, I think maybe he's, he's got a bit more movement, a bit more pace than Bamford. But James sh- should should get better. I'm, I'm still not convinced about him as a Premier League player. But they've got a bit of pace going forward. Um, and look at the sort of underlying data for them at home. They are giving up huge number of chances, as the shot data suggests, while still creating. At the back, I'm not convinced. Uh, the back four probably be Dallas, Cooper, um, Shackleton, 
not convinced by Dallas as a fullback. Uh, I think they'll get exposed, but by Leicester uh, as as Leicester pull pull forward. I thought Leicester were a tad unlucky at the weekend against Arsenal. They battered them uh, sort of second half, but found Ramsgate in brilliant form. Um, Leicester away from home, 100% of their games have seen both teams to score and over two and a half goals. Um, they've scored one and a half goals in three of their five games. Um, only one clean sheet, and that was Wolves when they got battered. Um, Wolves generated 1.2 xG, 17 shots, six on target. Um, so they didn't score against you know Man City and didn't score against Arsenal, but say the Arsenal game they were much better. Um, Madison's back in the fold. I like Madison just tucked in behind the front two. I think he's a quality player. Uh, I'm quite happy to see him back. I think he'll be good. I think he works well with Vardy. But Barnes had a good game when he came on. Wouldn't be at all to, to, to see him start. Obviously, Vardy and Iacho, and they've got Dakar as well. We're all all very different players, but you know, Vardy is a goal scorer at this level. Um, they played the back three at the weekend. Evans, uh, Suncu and Amati. Uh, I'm not convinced at all about about those three. I think they're going to give chances up, uh, and even if they try to change it up, Vestergaard's not great. Um, they're still missing some of their better defenders. Uh, again, you know, Leicester underlying stats is, is for gold is pretty good. Um, they can see or score sorry 1.6 goals per game, which is the fifth highest. Um, but they can see two goals on average away from home, which is the 15th worst. Um, their shot data is pretty much mid-table for and against, not going to go into great details. But I think that's got a good chance. I think both teams will look to score. Leeds, you know exactly how Leeds are going to play. Um, almost complete disregard for defence, just push forward. And I think that will leave spaces that, that Leicester will be able to um, to exploit. And I, and I can see both teams scoring and, and issuing a number of goals. So uh, Leeds-Leicester, Sunday afternoon, over two and a half goals. Both teams to score at 1.91. Tom, you got something else for me? Yeah, yeah, I'll just go on to my, my Spanish picks now. Um, one at a slightly bigger price here, which I'll go with, is uh, Real Madrid to beat Rayo Vallecano and both teams to score, which is uh, two to one with Boyle Sports. I think um, Rayo, anyone who's watched La Liga this season know that Rayo have been real breath of fresh air because they're, they're one of the few kind of Spanish teams that play with the handbrake off a little bit. They're very kind of adventurous in their approach. Um, they've already notched 18 goals this season, which is great going. But they're much more comfortable at home. Uh, away from home, I think defensively, they are a bit more suspect. Um, if you're just looking at their data, they are conceding 1.34 XG away from home. Um, no, generally, but when, when you look away from home, specifically 1.63, that goes up to. Um, whereas Real Madrid, they've done okay this season. Um, I'm still expecting them to improve, but been really impressed with, uh, obviously, Benzema, but Vinicius as well has been. Uh, he's looked, looked a much more mature player. Uh, he's adding a lot more kind of composure in his finishing. Uh, and he, he will be a star if he can kind of uh, keep, keep adding that kind of quality to his game and, and kind of lock, not be as erratic as he has been in in the recent past. And I just think that they'll outscore them. Um, I think Madrid's defence isn't the best. Obviously, they conceded against Shakhtar uh, midweek and they, they were a really short price to win that game. So even though they are quite heavy favourites here, 
Um, they are conceding over one expected goal per game. That goes up to 1.17 when they're playing at the Bernabeu as well, interestingly. So, yeah, I think uh, Raya can get on the score sheet. Obviously, Radamel Falcao there, um, who, who would love to score, ex-Atleti player. Um, but, yeah, I think defensively, they're not all that by Akano. So, it should be quite a fun game. And I think Real Madrid can win and both teams to score, which is a nice two-to-one shot. Uh, and my other bet is I, I'm really quite surprised at this price. And I, I'm liking it even more after tonight. Um, I'm taking Valencia to win our draw against Atletico Madrid at 19-20 to 20 with Marathon bet. So this is at the Mestalla in Valencia. Um, this is on Sunday, but it's not a late game. It's around three o'clock, I believe. Uh, so Atleti have obviously played Wednesday night in Liverpool. They've lost and they've been down to 10 men uh, for a fair chunk of that game. And that's not ideal preparation for them. Um, I really don't like getting Atleti onside away from home. I just think that they're more, they seem quite, quite happy to go away with a point. Uh, I watched the game against Levante. And even though Levante scored two penalties in that to draw 2-2, and they deserved it in my eyes. I thought Atleti were very... Um, well, they didn't show much kind of enterprise going forward. And uh, I think Valencia, under Jose Bordelas, the former Hatafe manager, he's going to have his side very well drilled defensively. You know that. So it will be quite a low-scoring game, I believe. But Valencia's kind of sitting 10th for XG ratio, mid-table, um, with a bang-on bang on 50% ratio. Um, Atleti uh, are a bit higher, um, but if you look at them away from home, you know they're, they're operating with a negative XG ratio of 48%. So I, I believe that this will shorten up. I'd probably have this around 4 to 5 uh, I believe it'll go off around four to five come kickoff. So it's one of them where you want to try get on a bit earlier, I think, with this. And uh, Valencia just look a much more solid outfit on under Bardolas, especially defensively. And at the Mestalla in front of their own fans against a very tired Atletico Madrid side, I think that they can at least get a draw. So we'll be making a full stakes profit if they avoid defeat at 19 to 20. And I think that's a cracking price. Just on your Real Madrid bet, Tom, I watched a bit of Real Madrid against Shakhtar earlier and right. Shakhtar obviously got a goal, but I mean, they had a chance for to get two or three goals, so I, yeah. I quite like that bet because Real Madrid just don't look the the, the most safest of conveniences in defence, certainly they look as if they can leak a few goals here and there. Yeah, yeah, well, well obviously no Ramos and no Varane anymore. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. The, the, the Cubs quite well last season. But I think Ancelotti's sides are always a bit more open, especially, well, they're a lot more open than a Zinedine Zidane side. So, yeah, I think they'll be happy to try put on a show. Uh, and, yeah, if you've watched any Vicano this season, they're, they're a great watch. So they can play the part in a good game, though. Yeah, good. Jerry. Yeah, the, you want my EFL one just now, James? I've got a pick from. Go on in. The Premier it. League in England. Um, Brighton, obviously. Sorry? Let's have, let's have both. <laughs> one or two? Well, 
I've just got one for the Premier League in England, then Mother Bets, the, okay. the long shot. But I'll go with the okay. Premier League ones yeah. first. And yeah. uh, the Brighton performance at Anfield's looking better by the day as um, Liverpool swat aside the Man United's and Atletico Madrid's twice with the relative ease. So that performance for Brighton to each draw Anfield is, is pretty damn impressive in my book. Th- this weekend, I believe it's the 5.30pm kickoff on Saturday, they welcome Newcastle to uh, Brighton um, the same fixture in March was 3-0 to Brighton a comfortable enough win Newcastle are uh, keeping loads of clean sheets away from home away from the North East they've only three clean sheets out of their last 17 aways in the Premier League interestingly though this surprised me when I was looking up all the, the data and the numbers interestingly they've actually scored an 8 out of their last 9 aways which kind of surprised me because they've obviously been on a a pretty hellish poor run. So, quite fancy um, Brighton here to go over 1.5 goals. I like the price with William Hills. It's a bit of a standout price, 4 to 5, 1.80. Um, if Brighton carry any of that form that, from Anfield to, to their, their home ground this weekend, I think they'll be too strong for Newcastle. Newcastle, obviously, are in that kind of limbo period just now where they're obviously wanting to splash the cash. They're obviously wanting to get a top manager in as well. So, they're kind of running out of time and, you know, their, their points tally is not exactly um, gathering much pace. So they could really be in a, an awkward position before they can actually start changing things in the January window. So fancy Brighton to do the business here and to score over 1.5 goals at 45, um, 1.80 with Willie Hills. Yeah, I quite like that. I think I texted you, you boys at the start of the week when I saw that Brighton um, was sort of 1.72, 1.73 for the win against Newcastle. Um, and interestingly, I'm looking at Brentford Norwich. You can get Brentford at 1.6 against Norwich, uh, or Brighton against Newcastle at 1.63. Um, I can I line of thought, James, is that Newcastle possibly will score a game, a goal in the match, so it might just egg Brighton on to get the second goal if you like to win two, one or three, that, one. You know, exactly. You know, you got to think Brentford and Norwich were in the same division last year, and Norwich finished yeah. above Brentford. Newcastle. Yeah. I think they're. I think at times they're being priced with the idea that they've got all this money and, and potential quality <laughs> players coming in. I mean, yeah. I know they're five point six at the moment, but they haven't got their money at the moment. They're in danger of being, you know, having all that money in the championship unless things change. Um, who who wants the Newcastle job? From reports you read, uh, quite a few managers are being put off um, taking the role on the basis that you know they might not be able to. Uh, stop the slide, end up in you know in the championship next season. I think I think they have more clamber for top quality managers if they were mid table with the money they've got. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, they they look a poor. Well, I think Norwich and Newcastle both look a poor side. But you know you'd hope you'd hope that come Christmas Newcastle better. But you're right. They've got some good players. If, if Wilson's fit, um, Saint Maximus fit, you, you fancy them to probably nick a goal. Which you're right. Then yeah, then Brighton yeah, yeah. have to come out even even more. But Brighton, you know. To Brighton to go and um, um, deservedly get a pint at Anfield shows that they're they're a decent side. Definitely, for sure. Um, I've got an FA Cup match. Um, seems a bit of a recurring theme. Uh, I'm taking Ipswich at minus one point five age and handicap. Uh, I know a few listeners might sigh and go, "Not another Ipswich bet," but let me explain. Um, Ipswich uh, are improving. Um, I think that's that's fair to say. Um, they 
Wickham, I think, had won 22 of their last 28 League One home matches before last night when Ipswich took them apart 4-1 uh, and thoroughly deserved the win. Uh, Paul Cook has come out and spoke about wanting a good cup run, wanting to get to the third round. Um, early on the season, he changed his sides quite a lot for some of the League Cup and uh, and uh, the, the, the Papa John's trophy or the Pizza Hut, whatever it is, uh, um, uh, trophy. Um, and I think that backfired on him. I think they lost a bit of momentum and they went into the following league game uh, not, not, not looking at it. So I think there will be changes, um, but I don't think it will be a sort of a youth team slash all reserves. But if you look at the players that are either coming back from injury or are on the bench midweek, he can still put out a side of probably Joe Piggott's Scott Fraser, Aluku, Harper, Burns, uh, Caden Jackson, who was one and a half million pound about two years ago, uh, Wolferden, Louis Barry, if, if Villa don't mind him being cup tied. That is still a half decent League One team. Uh, so I, I, I think the fact they've got a big squad, they can afford to rest a few key players. I think, you know, McCauley Bond probably won't play. Uh, Selena might not play, but the, the rest will, you know, those, those groups that I've just mentioned probably will play. Um, and I think Cook's learned his lesson. I think he will want to keep momentum. Uh, it's got some tough league games coming up and I think he won't want to sort of, you know, rest everybody. Oldham, on the other hand, are in trouble. Um, they've just won three games all season, losing nine. Uh, they've conceded 22 in League Two. Uh, only four sides have conceded more than that. And that's Scunny, who sit 24th, Carlisle, who are 23rd, Stevenage, who sit 21st, and Crawley, who sit 18th. Um, the 12 points they've earned this term have come from Sutton, Rochdale and Stevenage. Um, you know, not, not the greatest of sides, some of those points coming earlier on in the season. Uh, and then I, so we look at who Oldham have got coming up. Um, their next few fixtures are Tranmere, uh, who are 11th. Then they've got Exeter, 4th. Port Vale second, Northampton third, then quite a big game, um, odd to say, Salford in potentially a relegation battle who sit 19th, and then Tranmere again, and then Forest Green. I can't see them having their priority on a FA Cup tie at Ipswich in the, you know, in the early stages of it. I think they will try to rotate uh, and probably play some of the fringe players. So if you're, if you're, if it's a, it comes down to two fringe sides, Ipswich's fringe sides, and that players I've just mentioned against Oldham. I think Ipswich should be able to turn Oldham over quite comfortably in a professional performance. So at 1.5 Asian handicap, uh, just over even money, I think is, is not a bad bet. That means Ipswich win by two or more clear goals, we will profit. Um, so if you think Ipswich will win, they're at 1.36 to win on Saturday. Um, I think at 1.5 over even money is not a bad bet. Long shots. Who wants to go first? On you go, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love this bet, actually. Um, well, I'll, I'll offer up to um, following kind of the same thinking. And it is the Friday night game in the Premier League, actually. Um, Aston Villa away at Southampton. And I rarely want to get against Aston Villa at the minute, especially defensively. Yeah. Um, I, I watched the last two games. Uh, the game against Arsenal but it was embarrassing in that first half, I thought. They just got absolutely battered by quite an average Arsenal side. Uh, just pinned back and showed no kind of fight. And Players just look like they don't know what they're doing defensively. I mean, Dean Smith's side's 
tend to be quite leaky at the back. Uh, they're kind of reliant on scoring goals. But when the forwards aren't firing and the system just isn't working, uh, they just look all at sea. And I think T- Tyrone Mings, for me, is one of the most overrated players in the Premier League. Uh, I don't usually like calling players out for being overrated, but how he's ahead of the likes of Tamori uh, in the England setup and a few others, I'll never know because he never fills me with confidence. I think his discipline's quite poor as well. And the, the other lads just aren't doing it. And the full-backs defensively, I've got question marks over them too. So what I like, well, I don't mind Southampton to win this game, but what I'm going to take is Adam Armstrong to score two or more goals at 14-1 to one with Betfair. I think that's a, a, quite a generous price. Um, he's a player that I backed actually last season each way for the top scorer in the championship. Uh, even Tony just picked him. Uh, he scored 28 goals, which would have been enough to win, to win him uh, top top goal scorer in seven of the last 10 seasons in the championship. So stung a bit with that one, but he's a player that I really like. Um, just really lively. He can get him behind, but if he does drop in, he's got a good long shot on him as well. Um, his movement in the box is really clever and even though he's quite a small player he's quite good in the in the air as well and uh, anyone who watched that uh, game against Watford it was all him basically he had six shots um, he just wasn't hitting the target they were getting blocked and but he, he did show that he were getting in good positions and he's actually got the best uh, expected goals for Southampton this season around 2.7, which isn't much, but uh, I can see them improving and the link-up with Che Adams looked quite good and I I expect Saints to improve as the season goes on because I I really like Hassan Hootel and I think this is a really winnable game for them. I think they could maybe um, rack up quite a few goals here and and really put on a show. So, yeah, he, he scored I think he scored four hat-tricks last season, three or four hat-tricks and about five or six braces. So um, I'm also going to chuck in the 150-1 for a hat-trick. <laughs> <laughs> booted, booted not to talk. It would be. It would be rude not to because um, he, he's, he's one of them players where if he does score, then he's got, he's got the confidence and he can really kind of uh, put teams to the sword. And yeah, his record for hat-tricks is, is exceptional so if you're getting 150 to 1 on Armstrong against any kind of bottom half side for a hat-trick um, I'll, t- I'll take that pretty much every game because um, at that price I mean you could back it for a, a few years and <laughs> if it cops once then then you're laughing so, yeah I'll, I'll take the brace as the main one at 14 to 1 which I think is a chunky old price around 9 to 1 with some firms um, but yeah, I've got to have a nibble on the 151 for a hat trick too. I thought I thought going on Villa, I thought it was interesting to, to when when the team was announced when they played West Ham that he dropped Mings, who's the club captain. Um, mm. I, I think sometimes when you are up against it and results aren't going your way, you need your um, most influential players. And I agree, maybe Mings is not the best footballer, um, but I think he does. He appears to sort of, you know, he talk. He's, you know, when you watch the games, he's always talking. You know, uh, it might be bollocks, but he he, he seems to be trying to organise players. Um, 
And then to go, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he did, Smith did that to try and sort of counteract uh, with Conso and Holes, you know, physicality of, of Antonio. Um, mm. But but I thought when they went down to 10 men, they were lucky not to go down to nine men. Um, I thought that yeah. it almost looked like a forearm smashed, didn't it? Um, on, um, was it four nails or whatever it was, I think, who got, who got done. Uh, and then obviously the sending off itself when, when the, the ball then went through and, uh, and he, uh, the lad got tripped. I, I, I'm with you, Tom. I, I, before COVID, Villa were an awful team. Um, we had the three-month break. They came back and kept. They were sort of kept up by a lucky goal that didn't go over the line, but did, and VAR got it wrong. Um, then they sort of managed this last season. They were quite good defensively, um, but this season they look more like the side we saw two years ago. Um, and I think he's shifted his whole team to allow to play two up top with Ings coming in. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he has the personnel to do that. The fullbacks no. look. Get get too far forward. There's no discipline in the middle of the field. I think McGinn's better going forward than he is sitting. Um, and I don't think Smith knows what to do and how to get the players in. And I don't think he's got the balls to then not play Ings or not play Watkins um, or then not play um, the lad they signed from Norwich. Um, uh, what's the Christ? What's his name? The, 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 the Bundia. Bundia, Bundia. 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 Yeah. I mean, he's he almost feels compelled to play him because the amount of money they've spent on him. Yeah. So it's all he hasn't thinks he's going to go. Right, this is my best team. This is what works. The players I've got. This is the this system I'm going to play. He just keeps chopping and changing. Three at the back one week, back then to four four two, um, and I think Southampton uh, have got a very good manager, um, and I, I don't think they'll be anywhere near the bottom um, relegation zone. And I think it looks quite a good bet. I, I think they'll win against Villa. I think they're Villa are a poor side. Yeah, agree. Agree. Come on, Jerry, what you got for us? Right, before I dip into Scottish League 2 for my long shot, just a final bullet point I missed from earlier on, the corners bet between Sterling and Stenny. They actually, first game of the season, I was actually there, they actually racked up 13 corners in their head-to-head first game of the season, so that's a wee pointer towards that corners bet, over 10 corners. Uh, this week's long shot is titled Maroon 5. Um, basically, Kelty, uh, my favourite team in League 2, as everybody knows, um, they're actually nicknamed the Maroon Machine. Um, I'm taking them this <laughs> weekend, guys. I'm taking them this weekend to score over four and a half goals, to rack up five goals against the worst team in the league, Cowdenbeath. Um, Cowdenbeath, just to put you in a picture, they've just lost to a team called Civil Service Strollers, uh, a brilliantly <laughs> named non-league outfit in the Scottish Cup. They actually uh, knocked four goals um, and uh, Cowdenbeath net Cowdenbeath were at home and lost 4-2 to the non-league side in the Scottish Cup in the last week or so so the manager paid the price for that Gary and he's now gone so they're, they're in a bit of disarray Cowdenbeath I think they've got a temporary manager a goalkeeping coach at the moment um, Kelty on their day can rack up goals against anybody away from home they've been even better away from home their performances rather than their, their home performances so I think you know, they've scored four away from home. They've actually scored 15 goals, guys, in uh, five away matches. So they're averaging three goals per game anyway. But they're up against the, the basement team, if you like, this weekend. I think there's every chance that um, Kelty could run a mock for goals. And um, they've got Nathan Austin. He, he, he's he been banging in loads of goals away from home. They've got Callan Higginbottom and Joe Cardo. These guys are should be playing a division at least um, above this. Cowdenbeath, when I watched them earlier on the scene against Albion Rovers, very, very pedestrian, very slow at the back. So I think this bet's got potential to land at 15-2. We bet 3-6-5. Uh, 
Maroon 5, basically Kelty Hearts, the Maroon machine to get over 4.5 goals is my long shot for this weekend, guys. Uh, thanks, mate. Um, I'm going to dip into the FA Cup for my long shot. Um, I'm going to take Mansfield to beat uh, Sunderland. Lee Johnson, I think, is quite a streaky manager. I did look up his stats from when he was at Bristol City. Uh, um, and what, what you can see is that he was quite often, at one point, he'd won five or six games. He didn't run a run when he won one of 12. Uh, second part of the season, uh, one defeat in 11. Uh, he then followed up with two wins in eight. I, I don't know what it is about him. He seems to be either flying or struggling. Uh, and currently they are struggling. Um, they got beat by Sheffield Wednesday. They got beat five by five, five one, I think, at, at Rotherham uh, last Saturday. Um, just think Mansfield might go and do it again. But Mansfield played uh, Sunderland um, last season in the FA Cup and beat them 1 0. If you read the quotes from Nigel Clough this week, he's talking about going there, not just to put, you know, to compete, but to go there and win. It sounds like he's going to play a full strength side. Don't know if Lee Johnson will. I think he's got. It's not a particularly big squad. I think he's going to focus on 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 promotion. A club with the size of Sunderland shouldn't be in League One, and I think that's where his priority is. Um, I think Mansfield will go there and take it take it to them. Uh, you read the quotes from the players about getting there, getting in their faces, making it awkward for them. And I think they'll do that, and you can back. Mansfield to win at 9.5 um, with Betfair, even taking them on a plus one handicap, you can get 2.42, which I think is not a bad bet. So if they lose by just the one goal, you get your money back. Um, I think this potentially could be the upset uh, of the weekend. Mansfield have got players coming back. They beat Tranmere last time out. They're getting they're getting their they're, they're, they're a good squad in League 2. I know their league position suggests they're not. They are better than their league position suggests. Had an awful run of injuries. Um, they've been playing Ollie Hawkins at centre, centre-half rather than playing up front. They're missing players, key suspensions. Um, they, they haven't got a full uh, sort of squad to pick from, but they're getting better. They're getting more players in. I think their results will pick up. And a win at Sunderland will probably you know push their season on uh, and recover quite nicely. So, Mansfield to beat Sunderland at 9.5 is my long shot of the weekend. Anything else, chaps? Oh, that's all good. No, not my end. Um, hopefully, yeah, I'm so confident on that long shot, you know. It's happening. <laughs> it's coming in. You and me both. <laughs> we'll get a three long shots this week, guys. That's it. <laughs> I get the treble on. Aye. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Right. Uh, if that's it um, I hope everyone's enjoyed uh, listening uh, we'll be back next week when the EFL is back and I've got more to pick from but until then uh, happy punting and speak soon cheers everyone <laughs>